Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, the next Sonic game comes out in 2021. Our copy of Sonic Forces only has to last another two years. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news in the week, including why we have uh, no release date for Luigi's Mansion 3. And then on Thursday, we're going to be talking about our favorite games from 5, 10, 20, and 30 years ago. But in the meantime, Mark, how are you? Patrick, let me ask your answer your question with another question. Yeah. I just ate two churros. Yeah. You just ate two, two churros. churros. Right. I mean, I okay. think we're doing right. pretty good. I don't think that was a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, in my, I was going to like set it up as a question. Right. Then it became like too accusatory because it was going to be like, how do you think I'm doing? Right. And that wasn't the tone that I wanted. So you I had to, like, fool. Back- <laughs> so I've like- had two churros. <laughs> so I backed out. How else could I possibly second. be doing? Uh, I like a churro. Me too. Um, I like a Hugo's Tacos churro the best, mm-hmm. uh, which is where these churros came from. It's just, uh, it is the churro perfected. It's uh, they're warm, they're soft, they got a good crunch. They're sweet but not too sweet, cinnamony but not too cinnamony. I think they like pour the dough directly into the fryer, mm-hmm. so they're not like pre-pressed and formed like a Disneyland churro. Which don't get me wrong, I love a Disneyland churro, right? But there's just something about the imperfection of a Hugo's taco that makes it more perfect. Uh, Am I, I being deep here? No, I. Am you, I a deep thinker? You are, Mark. <laughs> The deepest you've ever been, I think, on the show. Remember uh, last week or two weeks ago when I was talking about what love is? This is your what is love moment. I feel vindicated. I'm glad I'm pulling my weight. Um, speaking of pulling its weight, if you would like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch, you can do it. Only another two years left in the borrowing program. That's maybe not true. Maybe we'll do it forever. Who knows? Um, but you can write to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com com. and include a mailing address. And hey, that's where the game goes. You put an address uh, in that email. That's where the game goes. Yeah, there's a step in between where like you wait on a list. Yes. Because fair is fair. That's right. And everyone has to wait their turn. Do you remember uh, hearing those like rumors that uh, someone was trying to like write to uh, write a letter to Oprah and just wrote Oprah on an envelope and like put it in the mail with postage, of course, uh, and it got to her? I believe it. I mean, if you if you email us just Oprah, I'm gonna try to mail this thing to Oprah. I don't know if she has a switch. Does Oprah have a switch? No, I bet she doesn't even know how to use a telephone. <laughs> Why would she? She's rich. She, people do that for her. I mean, she probably knows how to use like an older telephone. That's true. She probably because at one time know. she right. was a child. <laughs> but maybe she's been rich for so long. She that has she's been forgotten. rich for a long time. Someone should find out. Does Oprah know how to use a phone? Um, Mark, before we get into uh, stuff at hand, um, last week we talked about Nintendo characters that should lose their jobs. Uh, it's a fun episode. Everyone should check it out if you have not already. We have received some emails with some suggestions for other characters that should lose their job. <clears throat> First email we got is from Lizzie. Lizzie writes, Hi, guys. Really loved your uh, past episode. I was thinking of characters that should be fired from their jobs, and I thought of a couple. 
Number one, Isabel from Animal Crossing. <gasps> Not because she's terrible at her job, quite the opposite. She should be fired or resign so that she can dedicate her time to running her own campaign for mayor. It is what she deserves. Yes. Sometimes you have to leave jobs in order to get further in life. I mean, this is uh, this is exactly where I am right now. I quit my job a couple months ago, and I am working towards other things, new things. Better things. Be- certainly better things. But yeah, sometimes you need to not have that job uh, for a while. Um, uh, Lizzie goes on. Also, while he is not necessarily Nintendo, Professor Layton should be fired because he is never in his classroom. Much like Indiana Jones, he rarely ever gives a lecture. Um, but I guess you can get away with anything when you have tenure. Maybe he's like an honorary doctorate. Uh, do, but do, does that does does that come with the title professor? <laughs> oh, that's a good point. It would come with the he's title. Not, he's not Doctor Layton. Layton. And you can be a doctor of like anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> Take that, doctors. <laughs> Um, and then uh, another email here from Isaac who said, uh, love the episode, good fun. I'd like to add, Slippy Toad is a horrible pilot. Let's look at the facts. He has terrible aim and you have to save him right at the beginning of Star Fox 64. He's a cool character, but will die and shouldn't be a pilot. Put him in the science lab. He's smart and that's where he would be most beneficial. Yeah, that's a great pick. Yeah, I don't, I'm actually a little bit embarrassed that we didn't do any Star Fox characters um, but S- Slippy's a great pull. Like, he should be a mechanic. That is his job. Why is he also a fighter pilot? Do you think, like, the Star Fox Force just doesn't have enough pilots? They're desperate. They need to fill seats. Well, I mean, Star Fox, they're a, like a band of mercenaries, right? Like, it's Star Fox. Th- those, like, four main guys, like, they they don't, they're not part of the army. Yeah, but maybe they, like, need four and... They like we Why don't... would they need four? I don't know if you're like going on a mission and you need to break up into groups of two. Sure. So we you always have each other's backs. Right. No one it sounds has... like a team of mercenaries, something they would do. <laughs> Even still, get slippy out oh, of Oh yeah, there. totally agree. A hundred percent. All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Finally beat Resident Evil 4 for the Switch. Really liked it. It's a great game. Mm -hmm. Um, So at the end, the last boss is Saddler. And um, it turns into a big spider thing. Not the most interesting boss fight. Um, how, what are like the mechanics of this boss fight? Okay. It's been so long since I last played. So he's like a big like spider dude. And that part's kind of cool because the legs like come out of his body. So his body's just like kind of like suspended hanging there. Yeah. but it's another one of those like there's eyeballs on you know so like many the eyeballs on these so Resident Evil them, monsters, and then he gets um uh like staggered, then he run up and like really stab his eye. How are they growing extra eyes? You know, it's just all part of the virus. I mean, I can buy like extra muscle mass mm-hmm. or like weird tumorous growths, but like extra eyes—that's real. That is really seemingly something. on purpose too. Like that's yeah. not like a mistake. That's no. like oh yeah, that is no, it's a the desired yeah. effect. <laughs> Um, and then you do that a little bit, but you're on scaffolding, uh-huh. um, and so you're, like, running around. There's uh, switches you can pull that, um, like, metal steel beams come flying and hit oh, him. Oh, yeah, And sure. then you, like, run up again. Then after you do this for, like, you cause a certain amount of damage, then uh, uh, Ada Wong throws a rocket launcher down at and you. And then you just blow him <laughs> away. 
<laughs> so it's not like the most exciting end to the game. Yeah. But then you have to get on a jet ski with Ashley. Yes. Um, and like you have a finite amount of time to escape. And you have to just do some basic like left, right maneuvers and sure. always pushing forward on the stick so like the tidal wave doesn't. It's like the end of Metal you. Gear Solid. <coughs> Metal Gear Solid. I died at least fifteen times doing the jet ski thing. It should not have been that hard. Well, not only shouldn't it be that hard, it arguably shouldn't be part of the game, right? Like it's one of the you've done a boss fight, which is already a little bit outside of how you've been playing most of the rest of the game. But then you're on a jet ski for the first time ever. And they're like, here's a brand new challenge at the end of the game that has nothing to do with what you've done for the last 20 hours. I mean, why even make an adventure game that isn't going to end with um, like a countdown? That's and true. You're having to escape. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but one thing I had totally forgotten about that's really cool in this game are the final credits. So as the credits are rolling, you have these like hand drawn. Um, well, I don't actually don't know if they were hand drawn, but they look like hand drawn. Yes, <laughs> illustrations of. The, uh, like, townspeople, and it starts out with just, like, their normal lives before the, what, Las Plagas or whatever. Yeah. Uh, before people start getting infected by it. They're just, like, going about their lives, and then the, like, music changes, and the next one is there's, like, a mysterious stranger shows up in oh, town. Oh, no. And you see, like, their lives turn and how, like, the women start, like, neglecting the children, and people are just transforming. Like, it's really dark. It's really cool. It's weird that they blew through that story in the credits. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that from my first playthrough. I know. I, I had totally forgotten about it. It's I wonder very if it's cool. part of the, like, uh, was added during, like, the update, like, for yeah, the HD version. or Maybe. I mean. Even when it was ported to, uh, like, PlayStation and I stuff. I think it was always in there, but I just totally forgot. The other thing I tried to check out was uh, Separate Ways, the campaign oh, yes. with, like, mm -hmm. Ada Wong. Uh, on the Switch version, they are definitely, for the cutscenes, it's the PS2 cutscenes just like stretched it's not up at all oh, they no. look horrible oh that's too bad and then J just for this uh separate paths thing? yeah okay uh-huh and then the uh the gameplay is basically like what ada wong is doing yeah in this during like the parts of the story where she's not around so you know at the beginning of the game i guess spoilers here but you're in the village you're fighting and then a bell gets rung and all the villagers, like, go into the church. Yeah. Guess who rings the bell? Ada Wong. Oh, so it is not, as Leon posits, the bingo caller who's calling everyone for bingo. It's not, yeah. Oh, all right, all right. Um, So I didn't make it that far into it because I just wasn't enjoying it that much. But that's right. basically the gist of it. She has, I mean, that, like, that, different, like, weapons. That's and some, like, like, how did Han Solo get his last name stuff, <laughs> you know? <laughs> hey, who rang that bell? Yeah. Oh, I guess it was Ada. Who cares? Uh, I also tried out, I was looking at the new releases, and a uh, new release this week is a little game called Rain City, which I had never heard of before, but uh, we all know that I really love rain levels in video games. It's like my favorite aesthetic. Yes. And the logline for this is like, in a city where it never stops raining. Perfect. Like, yes, absolutely. Sign me up. And you moved to Los Angeles? <laughs> Life is about choices. <laughs> That's, I don't disagree. How so, is it? How's the game? Um, it's an adventure game. I think it's from a Japanese developer. Like, it's an indie game. It looks very much like a children's storybook. Okay. So it looks really neat. Um, from what I could tell, there weren't, there's not a ton of dialogue in it. So it's mostly just about, like, puzzle solving. Like, oh, I need to get into this room. So let me see, like, what's available. It, it looks very simplistic, but I enjoyed my time with it. So I think I'm going to pick it up. It's 
only seven dollars and fifty eight cents. Oh well, then then you so have like to why buy not? It. Yeah, you have to. So I don't want to like oversell it too much. But, but I for seven dollars and fifty eight cents, exactly. Right. Yeah, but I'm sure it delivers what it promises. It looked. It was very fun. I liked what I played of it. Well, and there's a demo available, so if you're interested in checking it out, you can do the same. Uh, Mark, not looking at new releases at all. Uh, I have mentioned before, Sarah and I have been playing Super Mario 3D World, a game which remains fantastic. Um, but we had gotten the save file that we had started a couple weeks ago uh, to the point where all we had left was Champions Road, which is the final, 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 final level. Um, like you beat Bowser and then it goes up into like another level where you have to do Bowser again. And then you beat that. And then there are four worlds of like additional challenges. And the fourth world contains just three things. Uh, a, a really hard Captain Toad level, a really hard uh, challenge house. Uh, they're called mystery houses. It's got like 30 stars in it. I think you played that with us once. Um, and then uh, this level called Champions Road, which is just so hard. It is like, uh, you know, perfect platforming required, perfect timing, um, no items in it. It's just, it's incredibly difficult. And every time that we've attempted it in the past, we get through like the first three sections of it and then like just beef it on the fourth. Um, or even on the third, depending on how you're uh, breaking up the sections. So we were like, okay, this is the only thing we have left to do in this game. Let's figure it out. So uh, Thursday night, uh, spent some real time like playing it, dying, uh, losing hundreds of lives trying to do this. Uh, and then we're like, okay, put it to bed. We can't do it. Um, Friday night, we're like, okay, let's, let's try this again. Hundreds of lives. Couldn't do it. Saturday. Hundreds of lives, but we did it. For the first time ever? For the first time ever, beat Champions Road with uh, Luigi and Rosalina. I'm playing Luigi. She's playing Rosalina. Uh, and I have to be Luigi. Otherwise, I literally don't know how you're supposed to make some of those jumps. Um, and uh, her playing as uh, Rosalina. And when we got to the end of it, we were like, okay, pause it a second. Because part of the, the goal of the game is to finish all the levels with all five characters. So I was like, okay, let's get some Wii remotes and like connect them and like bring the other characters in here. Um, but we only had one working Wii remote. No. So we brought one more character in, like a dummy Mario, right, to, to finish the level. Um, and so we did with those three. And then we were like, okay, I need to be Luigi to do this. And she was like, I need to be Rosalina to do this. So we did it two more times with two more <laughs> dummy characters but we did it we have finished super mario 3d world after the game being out for six years uh i've have finally finished it I've done everything there is to do in the game gotten every star every stamp uh just a, it, i i feel so accomplished that is amazing um and that final level is so so hard it, it made me think that we should do um some sort of uh either like conversation or, or something about like those ultra challenging levels at the end of mario games um just because it's it's so you could talk forever about uh just the 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 individual challenges in each of those and like what it takes to actually do one um and like you know there's one of those in mario odyssey there's one of those in galaxy 2 um, and there's one in uh, Super Mario 3D World that I have now beaten. That's awesome. <laughs> it felt great. Too bad there's no Miiverse for you to share your victory <laughs> on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and there's no way to... Uh, I can't like 
capture anything on yeah. that. Uh, it's it's basically just uh, it's just on the system there. I love that once you guys did it, you were able to do it like two more times. That was the insane thing is that we're like, okay, we have to do it again, and then we have to do it again. But we did it. We did it because once you do it, once you do it once. Um, the, you know, next time, you know, you're only going to burn like 30 lives getting through it instead of hundreds, like literally hundreds. Um, the game does keep track of the number of times that you die, like on an individual save file. And this one was over 1200. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's rough. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that we did it. Uh, like I, I am a little bit sad that now we don't have that game to play right now. Like it'll be another, you know, couple of years before, um, we've forgotten it sufficiently to go back to it. Um, but man, what a great game. I think we both also played Tetris 99 this weekend. Yes, participated in the Tetris Maximus Cup. Uh, how'd you do? I got those 100 points. Yeah, no reward for it. <laughs> no. <laughs> you did fill up a bar once. <laughs> it's so weird that it fills up the bar to 100 one time, and then that's it. Yeah, you can continue to get points, right? But the bar oh, doesn't yeah. go anywhere. Yeah, and it like it'll it, it keeps a a running point. I total. guess you would have to because yeah. that's how you would qualify to get the nine hundred ninety nine gold coin. Yeah, Sarah and I finished up the weekend with like sixteen hundred points or something like that. Um, but I I don't expect that we'll be in the uh in in the top thousand players. Um, I also continue to play uh Picross three D two, um, which is just now my go to. Uh, when I need like something with my idle hands, you know, like if I'm watching TV or like it's uh late and I just need to like wind down before going to bed, play a little Picross 3D. Um, I think I may prefer it to regular Picross at this point, um, because regular Picross is great, um, but there's no intuiting in uh regular pit cross like you can't look at it and be like, oh, I bet there's a line over here. Like you have to really use the logic of the game. In the 3D space, it is a lot easier to be like, oh, yeah, I can tell that this is like an arm or like this is, is you know, going in this direction. And then even though I don't have like the evidence uh, of like the numbers to say like, yeah, that's where these pieces go. I just do it anyway. And I'm always right. <laughs> um, and then I also picked up or not picked up. It's been on my 3DS forever, but I started replaying Fire Emblem Fates um sort of uh because i'm getting excited about uh three houses and was like man i got like i'm jonesing for a little fire emblem uh so more on that as i play more but um it, it's it's amazing to me how how good the production values are in that game like the cutscenes all look really good uh they're pretty well acted and the music is great um so i it makes me very excited for the new one um, all right, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next. Today, June 25th, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is out for Switch after being out on pretty much every other platform last week. Yeah, for like a week. Um, did they... So I know that there was a uh, potentially game-breaking bug in uh, the original release. Um, has that been patched out of that version, and will we be getting that same? Do so we the, know? So the game-breaking bug happened because, like, before version, I think it was 1.0.2 was released, mm -hmm. people could play, and then when 1.0.2 was released, then um, if you had any progress... 
all the areas after that. It's like the chests were reversed. So if they were open before they're closed down, if they were closed before they were open. Uh, and so it like prevented people somehow from, from progressing. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know that that'll be an issue here because that patch has already been released. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like on switch, people won't have an opportunity to have like progressed Not that far. That patch. Um, yeah. Is my thinking. Right. Look into it. Look it up. Uh, if if you're um, concerned about your save file uh, not being corrupted, just make sure that you're playing a version of the game that isn't going to uh, lock you out of progression. Yeah. I think we were kind of nervous about this because it had a rocky development, was delayed a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, the reviews and impressions that I've read for the uh, other versions are really good. There's still some questions about what the performance of the Switch version will be like. Right. But I think if that all pans out well, I'm definitely going to pick this up yeah. for Switch. Mm-hmm. Also today, uh, Devil May Cry is out on the Switch eShop. Now again, this is just the original Devil May Cry. Yep. This is not uh, DMC. This is not any sort of reboot or, or collection or even a remaster. This is just Devil May Cry. This is a game that you could have picked up on your PlayStation 2 in like 1996 or something. <laughs> so enjoy it. Yep. Uh, on... June 27th, Sega Ages Virtual Racing is out, and Sega Ages Wonder Boy and Monster Land is released. Also, Rain City, which I mentioned previously that I will be picking up. What happened to the Virtua series? Uh, are, they, are they still making those games? I don't think so, because I think we've moved so far past Virtua yeah. reality. I mean, now we know that there's an, an L belongs at the end of that word. And then on June 28th, of course, Super Mario Maker 2 is released. Woo! I've already downloaded it. Have you it really? locked and loaded. Yeah, I ended up buying those, like, um, vouchers yeah. you can get if you're part of Nintendo Switch Online, where you spend 100 bucks and you can download two Nintendo first-party titles. Yeah. Do you know what your other game is going to be? Mm, th- I was looking at, like, the ones that we know for the rest of the year, not even including Luigi's Mansion 3. And I think I have to buy... I think I'm going to end up buying four pair Holy of vouchers cow. well yeah because we got uh what we got uh, fire emblem if you're interested in that marvel right if you're interested in that um both dragon quest games count because they're nintendo published oh. so dragon quest 11 and, and dragon builders quest builders 2 um link's awakening one of the pokemon games um i feel like maybe there was something in there i'm forgetting but yeah pretty much yeah, that's a lot <laughs> that's a lot so i don't know what I, I guess i'll probably use the other one on marvel yeah, as that's the next game out. But I think they, at least right now, that they will stop selling them at the end of July. So I'm just going to drop like $400 or something on these vouchers hey man, um, in the get, next month. You got to do what you got to do. I will do the same. Uh, interesting note about Super Mario Maker 2. It doesn't support button controls when making levels in portable mode. Um. So if you undock it... So you have to then use the touchscreen controls. That's right. If it's undocked. If you set it down on the table, Uh like do tabletop mode, then like kick the kickstand out, then you can use the buttons. But like, why would you do that? That's so weird. How... I mean, I guess it knows because they're not connected because the Joy-Cons aren't connected to the Switch. In tabletop mode? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But also, there's no version of this in the US that's being sold with a stylus, right? Right. This just seems weird to me because everywhere else they're like, oh, here's a stylus if you're interested in that. And then in the States, they're like, uh, if you're playing it on a plane, you can't use the button controls. Yeah, I guess just like file your fingernail down like people did for like cocaine. 
Oh, yeah, sure. There we go. Easy solutions. <laughs> Easy solution. Cocaine nails. Um, all right, Mark, let's get out of the new releases. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, uh, today the question posed to us is, if you were a sitcom character, uh, what would you be what what would make why is your character famous why would your character be famous um we're so, of course talking about like a steve urkel type i knew that this is what was going to was driving this question or like sheldon mm. from big bang theory where it's like oh patrick you're famous because of the sitcom character you portray and the sitcom character's shtick is, is the following mm-hmm. sure or like your kramer Right, yeah, and you're exactly. always like bursting in through doors. You've mm-hmm. got high hair. Um, this is a tough question. What, what do you? Because I don't think of either of us as uh, particularly like sticky guys, right? Like, there's not something I would say about like Mark is the person who does this, right? Like, I feel like we are. Look, I'm just saying that we're like indefinable and like complicated <laughs> people. We're like the wind. You can't pin us down. That's right. People be like, I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, honestly, I, I, I don't know. Okay, let's. Do build- you have Do you have an answer? For no, this? no, 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 no. Okay. Let's build this from the ground up. Okay. Okay. So I think you would star in a. Well, hold on. Are we okay. in a sitcom together? No, or are no, these no. Two separate sitcoms. I think these are two separate sitcoms. They're both on Thursday nights on NBC. Yes. Okay. In like the nineties. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. This is this is must see TV. Okay. Perfect. Um, you know what? I'll let you be. You're like the uh lead in right so like you have like sure. the so best spot i've got eight o'clock and i'm trying to get the, i'm trying to get the whatever your show is bump sure 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 sure. you're you're in that outsourced time slot exactly <laughs> exactly okay um i'm gonna say you are in a workplace I, comedy i'm definitely in a workplace comedy well okay so here's the thing i have on uh, a couple different occasions been compared to and i don't care for this comparison jim from the office okay um, I think it's because I have a wide nose and I'm friendly. <laughs> uh, but like, is that, am I Jim from the office? Uh, yeah, I guess you could be. I mean, you don't have to be. Okay. You're saying right. it's a workplace comedy. Right. Okay. Um, it takes place in Dallas, let's say. Okay, great. A city I know almost nothing about. <laughs> That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. All these things are like written in LA anyways. That's a good point. Um, You work at a... I'd say it's like an indust- entertainment industry... Magazine. Magazine. Because magazines... Look, just shoot me. That's one. <laughs> Other examples. Other examples as well. Caroline the City? Was that a magazine or a she, newspaper? Well, she was a cartoonist, right? Yes. But I think for a newspaper, right? Uh, presumably. I don't remember. Maybe she made a syndicated cartoon. Like oh, Garfield. So, so she just like worked out of her out of her home and yeah. didn't have I do not remember. That I show. think I would be in a family based sitcom. Sure. And I would either You're the play neighbor? Oh yes. I'm the neighbor. Right. 
Now, are you like the wizened neighbor? The, no, uh, you, no, not not the Wilson Wilson esque neighbor. No, you are the neighbor who's always like coming over, and they're I'm like the pestering Mark, neighbor, exactly. Which is a little Urkel esque. My thing, yeah, that's true. Which I think like fits me. I would say I'm probably my thing that we probably stumble into in like a few episodes in, and I accidentally get famous for doing it. Is like I'm always asking for like a cup of sugar, but I have diabetes. Oh, oh. This is a dark tale, Mark. Is it? I don't think it is. <laughs> what do you mean? We play for laughs. Well, well, of course. Of course you play it for laughs. It's a sitcom. <laughs> if if uh, they can play Sheldon for laughs, then, <laughs> then we can play your diabetes also for laughs. Look, the diabetes are not the funny part. The funny part is that uh, I you keep, keep asking, asking for, for sugar. sugar. Oh, well, very good. Uh, <laughs> we were accompanied today by pianist Kyle Shaw. Um, all right, Mark, let's get out of 433. And into the news, of course. So one thing missing from Nintendo's E3 was a release date for Luigi's Mansion 3. Yeah. Which was a little bit weird because we think I think we got release dates for literally every other Nintendo first-party title except for Luigi's Mansion 3. Yeah, and it's especially weird because uh, Pokemon's release date is so late, right? It's November 15th or 16th or something Mm -hmm. like that, um, which brings us up to almost the end of the year. um, And I would imagine that they're aiming for earlier than that. Yeah, and there's like a hole in their calendar for October in general, which Mm -hmm. seems like a natural fit for it. Because of Halloween. Halloween and ghosts. So in an interview with Polygon, Bill Trinan, the senior product marketing manager of Nintendo of America, explained saying that Next Level Games is, quote, putting a lot of care into the game. We want to let them put the care into it they want, so we're waiting on them to let us know, and we'll solidify the release date. Um, interesting. Uh... say it's not as far along as... I mean, not far along, but I guess they just need more time to polish it. It's just... It's interesting, like you were saying, that Pokemon, they're like, no, we are planting our flag. Right. And we're going to hit this date no matter what. Whereas Luigi's Mansion... I guess potentially could just slip to next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I and I actually wouldn't be surprised if it did. Um, obviously, we saw that already with um, Animal Crossing. Um, but you know, like we both played Luigi's Mansion uh, at E3, and no one was playing Animal Crossing. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of game there, and uh, if if they need more time with it, they can take the more time. I guess um, it's just it. it they, it seems like Nintendo has been insistent that like it is a 2019 game um, and made such a specific point to say that uh, uh, Animal Crossing would be delayed until next year um, that it's just weird that they're like, but we don't know when this one is coming out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, I wonder if like right now they're just kind of like the earlier the better. But, you know, it comes out when it comes out. And maybe this is pure speculation on my part. They don't see it as like, a major system seller. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think Luigi's Mansion is a respected franchise. Sure. But I don't know that it's an enormous franchise. So if it does end up falling into the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate spot, like early December or something like that. Which like, it won't is a big system be... seller, though. Right. But I'm just saying, like, it, that one, obviously, like, they were very vocal. They wish that would have come out sooner. Sure. But I'm just saying, I wonder if it falls into December or closer to the end of 2019. They're not as concerned with it because they weren't expecting it to like push a lot of systems anyways. Yeah, and it, I mean, it is kind of just possible that like Nintendo doesn't have 
the keenest grasp on like what their system sellers are at this point. Um, Cause like, and again, maybe this was uh, just uh, our experience at E3 because E3 is a place where there are enthusiasts and press and all of that. Um, but like, they did not expect Link's Awakening to be as big of a draw as it was. Yeah, I was really expecting that to be positioned as like the big holiday game. Yeah. But I also think from their perspective, it does make sense to treat it more as like a minor release. Counterpoint to what we said last week where we're like, but it's a new Zelda game. It's like a remake of a Game Boy game. Yeah, from like, like I could 30 see, years ago. I could yeah. see why they would think like this is more niche than something like Luigi's Mansion 3. Or Pokemon. Yeah, Wait, totally. And, and it certainly is more niche than Pokemon, but Pokemon's a behemoth. Um, but I, it seems like it's definitely a bigger deal than Luigi's Mansion, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, from NPD, we found out the top 10 best-selling third-party games on Switch so far. Ah, so this is different from the list of best-selling uh, Wii games from last year. That's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so this is just for North America. Mm-hmm. Third-party Num- only. Yes. Number one, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. I think no real surprise there. Mm-hmm. Crash Band- Number two, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, three, Diablo <laughs> Three Eternal Edition. Mm-hmm. Four, Just Dance 2019. Five, Just Dance 2018. Man. Number six, Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2. Number seven, Lego The Incredibles. Number eight, NBA 2K18. Number nine, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Number 10, FIFA 18. Uh, so best represented on uh, this list is uh, Ubisoft, right? Mm-hmm. Because they've got two Just Dance games and the the number one Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Um but uh, also Warner Brothers with two Lego games. Also Activision Blizzard, because they have Crash Bandicoot and Diablo oh, 3. Great point. Um, it's just so weird. Those aren't necessarily names that I associate with uh, Nintendo. I mean, I guess kind of outside of Ubisoft that they have um, like made uh, an, an effort, really, this year, or this generation. Yeah, I also think it's just interesting because uh, this is obviously just physical games, so no mm. digital-only releases. Um, like, I'm surprised Minecraft isn't on here, but uh, maybe a lot of those are selling digitally. Maybe these games have sold way more than I expected them to. Like, I'm kind of surprised, like, Skyrim isn't on here. Yeah. Doom. Yeah, I the, I, I there I, aren't Bethesda games on this list. Yeah, and they have to be doing well enough that they, that they keep doing warrant, it. like, continuing, continuing to release those games. So I have obviously have no scale as to how successful something like Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle has been. Uh, I tell you what, seeing Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2 and Lego The Incredibles on here, um, just add, do you recall my uh, E3 prediction that uh, uh, Rocksteady was going to have, or no, not Rocksteady, WB Montreal was going to have something in the Batman universe and it was going to come to Switch at the same time? That still obviously didn't happen, uh, but I'm, I'm keeping that dream alive that whatever the next Batman game is or the next game, like that from either Rockstar or WB Montreal will also come to Switch. We talk a lot about Sonic Forces. We do. I mean, there are days uh, when we do this show that I'm like, do we need to keep talking about Sonic Forces? Or like, can we just like put it in the episode description and like if people want to participate, they can. Or stop soliciting emails. I've got a list. The list is too long as it is. Do we need to take up time every week with this bit? And I wonder if it's like the movie Coco, where <laughs> if somebody doesn't like remember Sonic Forces, it will cease to exist. Yeah. And so we are like 
putting it up on, on our, the Afrenda. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and so Sonic Forces, you're welcome. <laughs> we remember you. Uh, so, dear listener, you might be wondering, when are they going to start stop talking about Sonic Forces? And the answer potentially potential is in two years. Uh, Sonic Team Box boss in an interview with Game Informer, uh, his name is Tak uh, Takashi Izuka, said that 2021 will be the quote the next big year for Sonic, coinciding with the 30th anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog. We are quote we are preparing now. Um, so there we go. New new Sonic the Hedgehog the next and you know we've uh, read stories on the show before about um that they like learned something from Sonic Mania and they're like oh we get why people like Sonic now uh, then the next the next game we make is gonna be a good one well I mean that part they've never said I'm 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 inferring it'll be really interesting because it has been I mean it will have been five years since the last Sonic game. Assuming yeah. that nothing else comes out between now and then. Right. But this is supposed to be the big deal. It's interesting to hear um, a developer uh, say that they are, especially two years out, making plans for a game's anniversary. Because so I feel like we always just stumble into those. And then Capcom is like, I don't know, put out Mega Man Cross Street Fighter, you know, <laughs> like, which is a fan project that they just like amplified. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Nintendo suffers from that as well. Maybe totally. not so much anymore, but do you remember when it was Mario's like 30th anniversary or something like that during the Wii years? And they didn't do anything yeah. except put the they Super, put Super Mario, Mario All-Stars um, ROM on a Wii disc and yeah. sold like eight million copies of it and it wasn't even the version of it that includes super mario world like it was just <laughs> the first three mario games it's such a weird little package yeah it's a uh, i mean people are so susceptible to like buying things out of hype it's weird that they don't like take these anniversaries especially because they come up all the time like every five years is a bankable <laughs> anniversary and nintendo's got like a hundred franchises they could do this with and they just don't yeah missed opportunity money on the table mm-hmm. with fire emblem three houses absent from the show floor at e3 there's a surprising amount about this game that we don't know yet yeah stuff we don't know uh luckily the card for the japanese download version of the game reveals a few details okay so this is like the thing that you could buy in the store that includes your download code uh they are available in japan right now obviously you can't download the game uh until it comes out in a couple weeks so we found out that a nintendo switch online subscription will be required to access some features of the game at the moment the only known online feature is seeing what decisions other players made at the specific points on the in-game calendar yeah so like there'll be things where you have to decide like who you're allying yourself with or actions that you're going to take um and so right now the only thing that we know online will do is let you see the choices the choices your friends make we also know there's going to be amiibo support amiibo they they haven't announced any new amiibo yet but it looks like some of the old ones will be compatible Mm mm-hmm what do you think? You think they're going to do uh, Amiibo, like new Amiibo for this? Or does it kind of feel like they're uh, quietly sunsetting Amiibo? I feel like every time we say that, they end up revealing like a new wave. But yes, I do, th- <laughs> I, I do think it feels like Amiibo is kind of um, sunsetting. Yeah, like obviously we're getting uh, all of the Smash characters and the Smash DLC characters as Amiibo, but that sort of feels obligatory at this point. Um, like you can't do uh 79 amiibo and not do the last like three right. you know um, i would like to see a guiji one 
yeah, a Guiji amiibo would be great. We are getting a uh, Link's Awakening uh, amiibo, which is adorable. Um, but like that was the only new one that was uh, uh, announced at E3 this year. So yeah, we'll see. The game will also have downloadable content in the form of missions, uh, paralogs, and outfits. Mm-hmm. Do we have they announced a like season pass for it? They have not. Interesting. No. So what 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 the actual what form this will take is uh, still sort of mysterious. The last couple Fire Emblem games have had a lot of um, extra missions and these paralogs, which are like sort of interstitial, like it's taking epilogue and, you know, just like an in, an in-between sort of like side mission, um, just sort of free support for a long time after their release. Oh. Um, so I wonder if they're going to just follow that exact same um, sort of pattern here. Uh, they say outfits, which is kind of interesting. Um, that's not really been a part of uh, the Fire Emblem games that I've been playing. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, content they're going to provide to this thing post-launch. In an interview with IGN, Nintendo's E.G. Aonuma revealed that some of the younger developers on Breath of the Wild are citing Red Dead Redemption 2 as an influence on the sequel. Yes. Uh, this is perhaps notable because Breath of the Wild director, Hidemaro Fujibayashi, was said to have been playing Skyrim during development of the first game. So, I guess the I guess it's just uh, they are looking at not only the greatest hits of uh, open world's past, but now of open world's present um, in uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. In a separate interview with IGN, Aonuma was asked about the game's connection to Majora's Mask. He said that while the new game is darker in tone, it's neither related to or inspired by Majora's Mask. Um, which is just one of those great like uh, questions where uh, the person who asked it had something in mind. Totally. And then Aonuma was just like, no. No. <laughs> I get why you're asking that, but no. That seems like such a great job. What, from Anuma? <laughs> I, well, yes. I mean, applause all around. But like, <laughs> just to be that person mm-hmm. that, one, knows everything about that's, what's going on with Zelda. Which yeah. everybody wants to be that person. Mm-hmm. who want, But then also to be the like crusher of dreams in interviews. Just casually. <laughs> just like, no. And in his head, he's like, I don't even like Majora's Mask. Oh, man. Because <laughs> you know he doesn't like all of these games. Oh, yeah. No, probably not. Although uh, in that same or one of those interviews, um, uh, Anuma was saying that he's been playing a lot of uh, Link's Awakening, obviously, um, and Cadence of Hyrule. So he's like inundated with Zelda games. Oh, yeah. But he's also said that like he didn't work on Link's Awakening. Like he'd never really played it before. And I like that because they are human. Right. right? They're, uh, it makes me feel fine for not playing games. Yes. There's been a lot of teases about the Wonderful 101, which was a Wii U exclusive game, maybe coming to Switch. Mm. Platinum Games boss at Sushi Inabu said, quote, The Wonderful 101 is obviously something that we hold near and dear to our hearts. And so we've talked to a lot of different people about what it is and what it means. We've done a lot of intel gathering. And the only thing that I can say right now is that I'm glad we did. I'm glad that we talked to a lot of different people. Hmm. I'm assuming he's glad because he talked to a lot of pe- different people and people were like, no, don't bring that to Switch. And he was like, boy, I'm glad we did that. You can close the book on that one. <laughs> um, wh- the end. <laughs> Haven't there been a bunch of, like, not just recently, but throughout the Switch's lifespan, maybe even before, like back when we were calling it the NX, um, where we were like, oh, yeah, 
and then Wonderful 101 is probably going to come. Yeah, well, just because they, like, Platinum Games tweeted things like the characters from the Wonderful 101, like, yeah, playing, playing with... Switch. Yeah, yeah like, stuff right. like that. Um, so, but maybe it's just characters that they uh, obviously hold near and dear to their hearts. Right. But who are they asking? Are yeah. Just, like, walking around Japan? Hey, hey, if they've asked you about the Wonderful 101 coming to Switch, email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Finally, Twitter user Comet Metal shared a discovery they made about the dog model in Super Mario Odyssey. Turns out that the Shiba Inu model is a direct port of the dog model from Nintendogs plus cats from the Nintendo 3DS. Huh. I mean, it looks very nice. It's very nice. But of course, as we always say on Nintendo Cartridge Society, lazy developers. Oh, no, Mark. (laughs) I don't uh, getting my Fendora. We're turning into one of those shows. <laughs> no, no, we are not. Now, I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not uh, totally about uh, making straw man arguments uh, against people who are saying lazy developers. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm also not above it. Uh, is that is what is what is the 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 tone of this? Um, like new is is it are we talking about it because people are upset no 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 i think it's just a fun fact (laughs) i know what a relief because i just i feel like the news around games right now is so like tied up in that sort of crap oh absolutely of people being like developers and then maybe like two weirdos on a message board are saying it and then a bunch of people are like firing back i'm talking about tifa and final fantasy 7 um but it seems like there's just so much conversation and it's like guys let's all calm down down yeah um but uh yeah i the shiba inu is cute yeah it's just fun yeah (laughs) okay mark let's get out of the news okay that's going to do it for this episode of nintendo cartridge society um if you like the episode you should uh, rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts you should also share the episode on facebook or twitter or wherever you share stuff um on twitter i'm at patrick underscore ellers mark is at mk mitchell and the show is at nin cart society you can check out the facebook page which is just nintendo cartridge society olivia duncan made our logo our theme music is provided by ape betty you can get more of his music by going to ape or by listening right now for my co-host mark mitchell this is patrick ellers saying thank you for listening Fire.